It's the US Sports Podcast with Max Whittle. What's up, everyone? Lots of topics to get into today. And Dennis Seitz back on the program to talk about the long list. What do we have here? The NBA draft, Jimmy Butler to Minnesota, Paul George's future, free agency, the awards evening. Did anyone watch the awards evening? I can tell you a man who did. Dennis Sight did, but we won't be breaking it down because it was boring. NBA turning into the NFL, it seems, with its 12-month schedule. You can get in touch with me on Twitter, at Max underscore Whittle. I'd love to hear your questions. We had a few good ones tonight for the NBA chat. Uh, just want to start with Cody Bellinger, though. <laughs> I've, gone, I've, gone, I've turned left here. 21 years of age. He's played 58 games in the major leagues. He's already hit 24 home runs, 55 RBIs in just 218 at-bats. Made his major league debut on the 25th of April. I just read a stat as well that the Dodgers, before yesterday, when they didn't hit a home run, they didn't score a run, they hit a home run in 17 consecutive games. That tied their team record since they moved to LA in 1958. 17 doesn't doesn't sound like a lot, but this is an exciting team to watch right now. Bellinger, Corey Seager, Kershaw, you've got Justin Turner, who's funny, who's entertaining. Kenley Jansen had a, had a base hit the other day, had a double. But Bellinger is just smashing the ball. This boom of home runs you talk about now is the, is the baseball. Is there something in the baseball, the way the, the, the seams are being made? Are people using steroids again or did, did it ever go away? That's a good question for baseball. But the Dodgers, I think, they have a genuine chance here in the NL because the Cubs have... It's, Everyone's waiting for the Cubs to have that run, try and get more than two games over 500. They haven't managed to do it yet. They're in a tricky spot behind the Brewers right now in the Central. Dodgers have a chance. Only a couple games behind the Astros for the best record in baseball. Their run differential is crazy. Way past 100. Alex Wood, he's 8-0, 1.86 ERA. Is baseball more fun to watch now than we've seen in a while? Trout goes down. He's going after his... Another historical season, probably his best to date, it's hard, which is hard to do. But these new names keep popping up. Baseball's fun to watch right now. Another question for you guys. Are you going to watch Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather? Would this not be more fun the other way around if we had a UFC fight and Mayweather had to go into the ring? But he's already trademarked 50-0. He wants to win. I, I'd like to see them spit, uh, split the fight. We go four or five rounds boxing, four or five rounds UFC. And did anyone have a problem with the Jordan Spieth celebration the other day, by the way? Wasn't that just a 23-year-old kid celebrating? And also, if you do use the age thing as an excuse for it, if an older golfer wins for the first time at 45 years of age, I'm not going to have a problem with it. I don't think anyone should have a problem with it. The NBA needed to take a nap after the NBA Finals. Didn't play a lot of games in the playoffs, which is why the salary cap is down to $99 million next season, because... The league just didn't make enough revenue in the playoffs. We're going to get into all the topics, the draft, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, free agency, the awards show, Chris Paul, the Rockets, everything in between. Friend of the show from Belgium, of course. He was at the finals. We're going to get into that first. Dennis Syatt. He's Dennis Syatt, host of the X and O's NBA podcast and commentator for Play Sports. Back on the program. Dennis, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, very well, Max. Um, thought about uh, taking it easy after the NBA season, but uh, it doesn't stop, right? It's a, it's a soap opera that uh, keeps going on for 11 months uh, in a year. So uh, we're busy all the time. I said this earlier, it's uh, turning into the NFL where you've got a full year of events. And I, I guess it comes down to the schedule and the calendar, but they are... They seem to be getting busier after the finals. And I think we should start there because there's so much to talk about. 
But you went to the finals, you went to game four, you went to game five in Golden State, the clincher. Um, just tell me how it was, the, the experience, and, and what you got up to over there. Yeah, it was great. It was the uh, second time I went to the finals. First time was in uh, 2013, uh, the matchup between Miami and San Antonio and the famous Ray Allen shot. Um, that was cool to be there. But this one, yeah, it, it was a trilogy. The third time they met and you felt the animosity, especially in Cleveland, that atmosphere there. Oh, that was so volatile. They really hated every call the refs made. All right, the refs sucked in game four. <laughs> we all know that. Um, but even though... They had 20 free throws or 22 in the first quarter. They they were mad all the time, but it helped Cleveland. Uh, so that was a special atmosphere. And then we got to Oakland, and it was just a party, man. It was cool. They stood behind their teams. They cheered them on. And then after, that was the crazy part, actually, after the final whistle. Uh, so Golden State wins. And in seconds time, there comes this warm of marijuana <laughs> smell <laughs> all over all over the arena so yeah um california uh, usa 2017 um it, it's legalized officially. there you go <laughs> it's you, you found out firsthand and th- by the way this is not a filtered podcast so you can you can tell me what you might have heard in cleveland i want i want to know what those fans are like you just said it there yeah especially draymond green uh, heard it after the second call he got and then the second one it was supposed to be ejected, uh, you know, the whole debacle. It was, uh, Draymond sucks, Draymond sucks, straight away. Then the refs, they also sucked. Um, I, These I guys, they, the Americans have got to go harder with their chance. Honestly, like, sucks. They can, go, they can do better than that. I know, you can I, do better I, than that. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> I can do better, but they're Americans. They're, they're not like that. That's what you guys do brilliantly. Yeah, uh, English, <laughs> thank you English, very much. English football. <laughs> it is. In English football, the chants are amazing. Um, so they can't stop that. It's, and yeah, the Cleveland people, yeah. Stra- strange audience, really strange audience. Okay, um, so yeah, on that point then, Dennis, Draymond Green says after the Game 4 defeat, and I have to rack my brains here, honestly, because it feels like the finals were a long time ago. But he was saying that the Cleveland fans, you know, that he doesn't pay too much attention to them because they, they don't really know what they're talking about. Do you know what he's talking about there? Yeah, that's that's just a rivalry speaking. And everything Draymond does in Cleveland gets magnified. Um, they wanna, they blow it up when he just moves a little bit in a screen. It's a it's a flagrant foul, according to a lot of a lot of Cleveland fans. I think he's the most disliked person um, in the state of Ohio. Actually, I think that's Draymond Green. Uh, so that's just an answer he he wants to give to give himself an edge. That that's the only thing I think he meant by it. Um. Going back to Golden State for Game 5, did you have any sense that... Was anyone in that camp talking about, yeah, hang on, it's 3-1 here. We should probably wrap this up right now. (laughs) Um, You felt the the confidence uh, from the Warriors' side. Um, I talked to Ron Adams before Game 4, and he seemed really calm and confident. Uh, Then they didn't show up, and we texted after Game 4, and he told me, yeah, if... Our guys just don't come out to win. Just don't come out with the fire they need. It's not possible to win against this Cleveland team. But it was you. You, you noticed in how he how he talked, how the team um, was was composed at practice. They felt they were going to win in Game Five. There was no doubt about it. Uh, Three-one jokes. 
it's a different team. Everybody's talking about it. That it's a 73-win team and they added Kevin Durant. No, it's not. It's a different team. Barbosa's gone. Spates is gone. Barnes is gone. Boker is gone. That's a big part of the core uh, from last year's team. And they all disappeared. So this is a, a whole different beast with Kevin Durant in it. And you felt it. You felt the confidence. And some media tried to hype it up by yeah, going back to the 3-1 jokes, the 3-1 meme, the... Yeah, the angst that was there um, last year, totally, totally different ballgame. How close were you to, because um, I love the reaction after the game, Durant and his mum wonder, I, I, you, you couldn't, even if you don't like Kevin Durant, you couldn't help but <laughs> feel happy for him. You know, he was saying that he told his mum when he was eight years old that he was going to achieve this and he finally did. What, were you near that situation and, and what did you sense from Durant after the win? No, 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 we were still uh, uh, live broadcasting, so we were uh, in the, the gods. The top. Mm. Yeah, we're all the way in the top uh, of the Oracle Arena. Uh, the international media seats aren't that great. Uh, they're all the way up there, uh, near the near the banners, actually. Don't complain. Um, Don't complain. I was sat in my living room. <laughs> I, I, I never complain. Uh, trust me, that's not what, I, what I'm uh, referring to. But <laughs> it is impossible to get, uh, to get down fast enough. Um, so we do the whole... Um, Post-game show, we broadcast it, we translate some stuff, we talk between the interviews, and then we, yeah, we close up and we were down, I think, for 10 minutes or so after uh, everything concluded um, on the court. So, yeah, it's almost impossible to get in the locker room if you're not really American press. Uh, you can try to get close, but yeah, when you're there, it's, there's almost nothing you can do. So I think you would have ran down there and forgotten about the broadcast if there was a couple of things on your mind. I got a question on Twitter actually here. <laughs> you mentioned him before we went on, Thomas De Spiegel. I'm going to butcher his surname. Sorry about Thomas that. Thomas Van, Van Spiegel. Van, Van Spiegel. Spiegel. Uh, hey, big big time player, man. He won the Euroleague twice. Big time player. Your co-com, and he asked a question on Twitter. Kristen Ledlow or Rosalind Gold? Now, Rosalind, the Warriors sideline reporter, Kristen, NBA T on TNT and NBA TV fame. Uh, we did talk, uh, Dennis, after game five, and most of it was centered around Kristen Ledlow and not the NBA final. <laughs> uh, what is the answer to be on that one? Yeah, it's obvious. For me, it's Kristen Ledlow. Did you talk She's, to both uh... of them? <laughs> no, we didn't talk to... You stared at both of them. I think, no, 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 I'm not a creep, man. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not American, too, so no, no. We didn't stare at them, but uh, Rosalind was in, was in the same um, bar restaurant where we ate the first night in uh, in Cleveland. I think Thomas talked to her. Um, I bet he did. <clears throat> yeah, but just friendly, just a basketball talk. Um, and, yeah, Chris and Lilla, just a beautiful woman. Um, I can't deny that, so... Yeah, it's all subjective. What do you choose, man? <laughs> Who do you hey, choose, hey, hey. Putting I, I, me on the spot. I know. Me on the spot like this. I know. I, I will say that um, I've I've been in the vicinity of both of them as well. Uh, I've had Kristen on this podcast, and as for Rosalind, obviously we met in Golden State, and she was working the sidelines there. It's amazing what they're doing, to be honest, in the industry. Yeah. Just put yeah. it that put it put put looks aside for a second. They're really really good at their jobs, and I was so. I was so jealous of Kristen, the story she was telling me uh, about how she goes for dinner with Charles Barkley, just dropping that in and, you know, it must be a great lifestyle. And also coming back from what happened with her in her house in Atlanta this season, right at the start of the year, she's yeah, uh, bounced back pretty well. Um, any more stories from the finals? I hear you had some uh, some travel issues because your, the aforementioned Spiegel had is very tall. One thing about uh, 
Kristen Ledlow and Doris Burke uh, and Michelle oh, yeah. Beadle, all those women. Um, what I love about it is they really know the game. They're uh, students of the game. They don't just talk about what's happening around the league. They, they go further than that. And they know basketball. And that's really important to me. It makes them really credible. And that's the most important thing a reporter can have. Um, but um, alongside that, yeah, the travel issues. Yeah, so you have to know Thomas van Spiegel. He was a center. He played for Real Madrid for Czeska Moscow. And he's seven foot. Um, so every every day um, when we walked in Cleveland or San Francisco, um, he had approximately 30, 40 people go, going up to him and asking him, how tall are you? Um, every, every time. Um, <laughs> even I was a little tired of that. Uh, but then we had, we had to go back home. <clears throat> yeah, first, we had to go from Cleveland to San Francisco, and that was um, not that easy. We had to fly to Denver, then to San Jose, rent a car and go back to San Francisco. That took us a whole day. Wow, wow. Um, yeah. And then flying back, normally we had a, a straight flight to Amsterdam, so that was great for us. But yeah, they only had couch uh, available and no exit seats. Well, that's impossible just because Thomas just doesn't fit in. He <laughs> just doesn't fit. His legs are too tall. What does he, he do on a commercial flight within Europe? He, yeah, does, he always gets an exit He seat, needs the always. exit seat, okay. Yeah, but even for me, it's hard. I'm 6'5", so even for me, that would be hard to sit in the middle uh, of two people for 11 straight hours. Um, so we had another flight from Wow Air to Reykjavik. Exit seats paid for it, XXL. Yeah, that was it. Um, no, they uh, overbooked. <laughs> so <laughs> luckily, it was a friendly couple from uh, Reno, Nevada that uh, changed with us. And then on the way from Reykjavik to Amsterdam, they fixed the exit seats. And so that was the best flight, actually. I, f- I feel you. I've, I've visited Reno once before. Strange place, uh, but friendly people, obviously. Yeah, very nice people. So, uh, <laughs> when, the, when they come to Belgium, we're, we're buying them dinner. <laughs> we already arranged that. I can imagine that uh, the, you know, the Zach Lowe's and the Mark Steins of this world didn't have to fly from Cleveland to Denver to, to San Francisco. I mean, why, why, <laughs> no. why weren't you on a direct flight there, Dennis? Come on. Um, budget. Let me let, let me just say okay. that budget budget. Well, the amount of days between games and the finals, you could have just taken the car. It would it would have taken you about a day or two anyway. Um, yeah, it would. Forty-seven what? hours. We 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 looked it up. <laughs> Forty-seven hour drive. So that's why we didn't do that. That's fine. I'm sure your uh, your colleague's legs length of legs could have fit in that car fine. Um, <laughs> where do we start? Jimmy Butler is is probably a good one. There's just so much has happened since the finals, and I I only wanted to touch on your experiences really because everyone knows the Golden State Warriors won. Um, so Jimmy Butler goes to Minnesota. Draft night was interesting for this reason because the draft went pretty chalk. Chicago trades him and the 16th pick. Minnesota gets Zach. Le- Sorry, Chicago gets Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and they draft Laurie Markkinen with the seventh pick. First of all, what do you make of Chicago's direction here and what they've just done? Um, the first thing I want to say is I don't get why they traded the 16th pick. Oh, stupid! They didn't need to give it yeah. up. They were they had Butler. Why? They had the biggest yeah, chip why? there. Just Butler for the seventh pick, Dunn and Levine. That's reasonable, I think. But the 16th pick, and and I like him, Justin Patton. I think he's a good player, by the way, um, they picked. So that's a, that's a loss for Chicago. Uh, I think um, Chicago lost a trade. Um, Zach Levine, we still don't know how fit he's going to be after that. An injury, the ACL uh, tear, I think he had. Um, so that's not good. Chris Dunn, he's going to get a lot of minutes. Um, that's a good trade for Minnesota because he didn't play. Rick Rubio wasn't giving up his spot, obviously. He uh, just played too well, even for Rubio's standards. 
Um, and I, I, I like Risdon, but I don't know how mature he is. And uh, Chicago gets another point guard. They traded for Cameron Payne last year. So two young point guards that, that are going to play alongside Rondo. Who knows? Don't know what's going to happen with him. Then they had Dwayne Wade picking up uh, his options. So everybody's thinking about a buyout. I, I don't know what they're doing. They're trying to get young, but I don't like the trades they make. They, they lost the McDermott and mm. Gibson trade. They lose this trade to me. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what, uh, what, what to think about the last move. They, they, they're not that positive uh, when you're a Chicago uh, fan, in my eyes. Look, the first point you made about the 16th pick is ridiculous because if you're trading Jimmy Butler, if he's on the table... It's all you need to offer. Uh, John Paxson said, we've set a direction here, and I don't think it's a very good one because you, you've mentioned the Gibson and McDermott deal. Again, same instance. They did not have to give up Doug McDermott to, to, to seal that. They did not need to give up the one shooter they did have. They've brought in Cameron Payne in that trade. You know, If you look at their point guard list now, Chris Dunn to go with Bobby Portis, Cameron Payne, Look, Chris Dunn was bad in his rookie season. No denying that. He's 23 years of age. He's not that young for for a just-gone rookie. Zach Levine, as you mentioned, the ACL problem. Laurie Markkinen, nice player from Arizona. <laughs> Seven-footer, shoots well, but I know he's he's not he's a bit awkward on defense. He's not that physical. If you yeah, but that's what everybody says. He's, he's a seven he's a seven-foot shooter. Yeah, he's mm. seven-footer, but he plays like he's six-five. He doesn't get rebounds. He doesn't block shots. So actually, he's kind of Channing Fry. Yeah, exactly, and we saw what happened to Channing Fry in the finals, didn't play at all. I think the Bulls have had a tough trail since the Derrick Rose injury, even since Michael Jordan. They, they haven't, haven't worked it out yet, but you mentioned Rondo. I'll be shocked if they don't waive him. Dwayne Wade's going to have to take a big, you know, lose a lot of that money for the buyout and go elsewhere. Uh, Robin Lopez, get him off the books, go really young. But the thing is here, Dennis, they took Markinen when they had still Dennis Smith, Malik Monk was still on the draft board. Malik Monk is such a just good scorer. Take Athletic. Malik take Monk. Him. Just take Malik Monk. And I, we could say that again to another handful of teams. New York, just take Malik Monk. Sacramento at 10. Don't trade down. Oh, we're going to talk about that later. Uh, remember that. I want to talk about Sacramento. <laughs> Absolutely. But, yeah, but yeah, Markinen, uh, it's a choice. It's a choice they uh, they made. Uh, I think Michael Jordan was a little bit upset. Chicago made the pick because uh, he obviously loves um, big shooting white guys. Um, I got a no, question I, for I, you, man. I got a question <laughs> for you. Are the Bulls worse than the Magic next season? Oof, oof. And we're just talking record here. Mm. Yes. They're set yes. up to be one of the worst teams in the league, right? Yes, Aaron Gordon's going to make a, a leap forward. I think they got... Um, who did they draft? Oh, they, they got uh, Jonathan Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, Jonathan Isaac. That's it. Um, and you know nice what? Player. It's funny if you go to the uh, if you go to some of these preseason draft boards from last year. Bleacher Report had Isaac at two. Uh, so you know, and some of these guys were high. You know, the guy that the Nilinkina, the Knicks pick, he was he was top top ten in their board a year ago. So they've obviously got these high school players well drafted. So you think Chicago worse than Orlando next season? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Bulls, um, luckily, they they've got got uh, such a loyal fan base. That's their luck. <laughs> well, I think I could I could do without much more Orlando Magic. Um, not sure where they're going. Minnesota, meanwhile, you you said that you think Minnesota won this trade, but you didn't sound totally convinced, and I'm a bit shocked by that. Does this not put <laughs> Min- does this not put Minnesota? I'm not going to catapult them into the Western Conference Finals. I think they still need shooters. They still need some some veterans. But 
this is a this is a very good team on paper now, right? They got a very good trio, and I like Rubio. But what what's lacking to me, what was lacking last year, was the defensive effort by Wiggins and Towns, um, the two biggest stars last season. Under Tom Thibodeau, uh, I really thought they were going to make steps on defensive end, and they just didn't have the effort most of the time. And um, now they got someone who can close out games. In Jimmy Butler, that's important because that was their problem. Uh, under Thibodeau, under Sam Mitchell, they couldn't win close games. They always failed in the end. Um, I like their team. I like their potential, especially that. still want to see how it's going to work out because now, obviously, Wiggins has to become the third option. He's going to get less shots. How is he going to cope with that? Um, how is he going to... That conduct himself on himself on the court. How is Jimmy Butler going to be as a leader? Because we also had a lot of rumors about him in the locker room that it all it wasn't always that great. So curious about that. But of course, there's Thibodeau, and he knows Butler. He knows what he's doing. Um, it, they have to make the playoffs next season, obviously. Yeah, and then people said that last year as well. So yeah, me, me too. Now. Me too. Yeah, they, I, fooled me, they fooled me last season. A lot of people were high on them. I mean, you just added a player, Butler, who had career. Um, best last season in points 23.3 rebounds 6 assists 5.3 What one thing the, the Timberwolves struggle with last season aside from their logo they've now changed that logo they're really going they're going new on all of us but they couldn't close games out you know they were young which means they make a lot of mistakes they didn't have great shooting they still don't because Wiggins isn't mm-hmm. that polished yet from 3 you're getting a super clutch player as well in Jimmy Butler who Hasn't won a whole lot of games the last few seasons, but he's had to be a winner. He was in the playoffs against the Cavs, against LeBron. He was guarding him in those series. And you've got 20 million in cap space until you have to extend Wiggins and Towns. So now they need to go and add shooters because once they extend the young guys, that'll change a lot. Yeah, they do. But the question is, who do they get? Do they get a Cal Corver? Who's a free agent? Well, um, not after the way he played in the finals. By the way, what did yeah. you make of that? Did, 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 when you were around it, what happened to Corver? Deer in the headlights. That's what it was. Just like uh, Darren Williams. Uh, too big of a stage for them. You saw that with every three-pointer Carl Corver took, even in game one. He had three three-pointers in the first game of the finals. And he was standing two feet behind the three-point line. He had the opportunity to just dribble in Get closer to the line, get your shot, just like you do in practice. And he fired it away like it was a hot potato. Corver That's looks lusty. enough for me. Even his yeah, shooting yeah. form looked very strange. Really quick release, no follow through, yeah. uh, no legs. Yeah, it wasn't it, it just yeah, too big of a stage. That's what, uh, yeah, what I thought it was. On this move, though, back to the Butler move, I, th- I thought, you know, you now officially hand Rubio the keys to show us how good he really can be do you and so really well i think so and suddenly they're talking about trading him again so one one moment the front office has said we're not listening to rubio offers he had a great last three months of the of last season and now they're talking about that so do you think they need they would like to have another scoring point guard or someone i mean can you upgrade on rubio for this team what i'm wondering is who wants ricky rubio what team wants to invest in rubio um we can't forget it's still young He's only 26, I think. We've, we all forget that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a really so young. young guy. He started playing when he was 16 uh, in the national team. So he's really, really young and he's got some potential. He has still got some potential. Uh, obviously, he can't shoot. That's, uh, that's a problem. But that's what I'm wondering. We get, you got so much point guards nowadays. Um, almost every team has got a, got a decent or good one. Um, what team wants to invest in Rubio and what player can, can, can Minnesota get back? I, I don't know the answer to that. It's hard. I really don't. It is hard to invest in a, a point guard who can't, sh- who can't score that well. 
Uh, he tried to improve it clearly, but you look at some of the point guards available who might be available. Jeff Teague, Chris Paul, maybe Rondo, Lowry, Derek mm-hmm. Rose, Drew Holiday. There's a lot of point guards, but you look at Carl Lowry's situation where Fultz has just, draft, just been drafted by the Sixers. That was one of the options for Lowry. But if you look elsewhere now, there aren't that many options. And it's almost as if he'll say to Toronto, and I know I'm shooting off the point here, but if, he, if, if Toronto do, don't offer him that fifth year, he's going to say see ya. But I don't think he's got that many teams to go to. So that's something yeah. else Minnesota have to, to, to think about. Um, wh- where does this put them now, the Timberwolves, in the Western Conference, you think? That's a that's difficult to say because, like you say, we don't know where uh, Chris Paul is going, how that's going to turn out um, with Blake Griffin opting out too uh, for the, for uh, the Clippers. Um, you don't know what's going to happen in Memphis with that team. I think they have to be a t- yeah. top five team, depending on what happens with Hayward. Uh, if Hayward leaves Utah, that op- uh, that changes everything there. But I think Minnesota potentially has to be a top five team in the West next year. Yeah, is I that too bold? Is that too bold? It's not. I don't know because you just look at how they were last season, and Butler is is a very good player. He is the top fifteen player in this league, but the West is very good, and they still need to have time to play together. They haven't completed this roster. If you look at Golden State, they have if they have Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green, and and Minnesota's the rest of Minnesota's team. Of course, they're very good, but they're not the team that won the NBA. So. There are still things to add. Um, I'm actually keeping Twitter alive as we record this on Wednesday and uh, Tuesday night. Is it Wednesday or Tuesday? It's Tuesday night. <laughs> I've forgotten my days. <laughs> it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> because uh, Wojnarowski tweeted just early that you know the Boston Celtics are looking to acquire Paul George in a trade and obviously acquire Gordon Hayward as a free agent, and they they've got the assets to do that. They feel like they can convince George to stay for longer than that one season. He's said he wants to go to the Lakers. But if Boston feels strongly about him re-signing again after next season, bringing in him and Hayward, that's the biggest duo they've ever brought in in franchise history. Um, where do you think Paul George is going to land this summer? I'm still thinking the Lakers. Um, that's where he wants to go. He wants to go home, back to Cali. Um, but... Boston is dangerous for the Lakers because they want him too. They want to pair LeBron James and Paul George after next season. That's something everybody knows. It's not a rumor. It's really what they want. Um, but if Boston gets him, I don't know what Boston is going to give up. I, I'm not really a fan of that if I'm the Celtics. But hey, um, I like mm. everybody. Everybody knows Hayward and Boston are the perfect match. Brad Stevens, a college coach uh, from Gordon Hayward at Butler. Um, the system fits him perfectly. It's, he's just a Celtic type of player he's white um, you mean no no just his his game I'm joking his, his skill set I know I know what you mean because they, they had a lot of white guys obviously but, and they had the best uh, white player ever in Larry Bird but just his skill set he's a, an altruistic player he's someone that wants to see his team play well he doesn't force his shots he takes good shots he reads the, uh, the right options and Paul George can be that player too but he's more individual you know what i mean um i don't know i feel i feel like if if they first of all if they don't get gordon hayward they're gonna go after blake griffin uh that's their plan b but they will try if they can combine him and paul george they're obviously gonna have to give up jalen brown avery bradley maybe jay crowder as well to get paul george or a lot of those draft picks and two of those players but they've still got isaiah thomas gordon hayward paul george 
that is, I mean, they've just made the conference finals. That's a genuine big three. And if the Cavs are pursuing the same player they're going after, that, that says it all to me. I think that would put them on the top. George can be unselfish, in my opinion. If you look at the first round, he can be. good he can numbers be. all around. Can be. Gordon Hayward, is he, is he really that much of an alpha male? I don't think so. No, he's a, he's a good um, second option. But they made the conference finals last season too, Max. So that, that doesn't matter. They have to beat LeBron. That's the thing. Does not and does Paul George not does does Paul George not give you that? He can defend LeBron. He can go at him. If you look at that yeah, first can, round, can, that's why they want him, right? Because Gordon he, Hayward he, wouldn't do that. No, that's true. That's true. But you can also look to, look at the future and build with the team you have now, and don't go all in on next season. That's what you're doing if you're buying Paul George because he can opt out after that and he can become a free agent and go to the Lakers. So that's what you're doing. That. You're putting a lot of chips in on one season yeah. of Paul George, and that's a rent. You rent the player that. Maybe wants to go to your arch rival. That's also an important note. Uh, he can fall in love with the atmosphere, with the culture, with what Brad Stevens and his guys are doing with the coaching staff and how the Celtics conduct winning, how they uh, want to play. But if he really wants to go to the Lakers, he will go to the Lakers. I completely uh, agree. I, for one thing, I do not believe this whole LeBron to LA story. So if George goes to the <laughs> Lakers, he, he's, he's going alongside Lonzo Ball. And yes, we, we like to compare this guy already to Magic Johnson, but we ultimately don't know how he's going to fare in the NBA. Compare, compare him to Jason, Jason Kiss oh, with a jump shot. I, Lonzo, no, it's, it's true. Un, it's, it's true. It, I, th- I don't think you can do that yet. If you, yes, you can. If you look you at can, this... You can, but if you he's look like at the, Jason Kidd. He's like Jason Kidd in college, but with a jump shot. Let's just give him a year. D'Angelo Russell was supposed to be the next big thing in LA, and that he's in Brooklyn now. I mean... Look That's at, why I'm saying Jason Kidd in college. Right. I don't. I'm, I'm not saying Jason Kidd in the NBA, but he was like Jason Kidd in college. Only he had a better. He had a jump shot. Jason Kidd couldn't shoot at all in California. I'm trying to so figure out how he how he has got a jump shot because his form is so bad, but he it's effective. He pulls it <laughs> from the left side of his ear almost. I'm just what I wanted to say to Dennis was that if he goes to Boston, Paul George, and he's got Gordon Hayward there, Isaiah Thomas, who by the way I think of all the three of those. Thomas is going to have to sacrifice the most um, mentally as much as anything else. But if he goes to Boston, you've just added one of the premier free agents. You've got that great team. I do not think Celtics fans want to hold on to these assets too much longer. Avery Bradley, in my opinion, is only so... He's worth a lot, right? He's very good. But is he going to catapult you? Jay Crowder. I'm not, I'm not all in on Jay Crowder. No, me, me, me neither. Me neither. And we don't know who they're going to draft. I love... I love their pick, Jason Tatum. I think he's a great, great scorer. And he can be good defensively. He can be good. He's got all the mechanics. He's got the, he's got the foot speed. He's got the long arms, the quick hands. He can be good defensively, and that's a, a huge upside. So if, if, the Celt- if, if Indiana, because I know they don't want to make this trade with Cleveland, they want to make this trade with Boston because they've got the assets and the young players to, to have back, because Paul George is going to go for free next season, so they want to get something back for him now. If they... and, quickly, and quickly, because his value is only going down as time goes by. Yeah, they want to do it before the 1st of July. So if Boston have to give up Tatum, Brown, and maybe... Oh, they're going to have to give up probably next year's Brooklyn pick. Would you do that deal if you were... No, no, I'm not giving up Tatum. Okay. I'm not giving up Brown. And Tatum and Brown, I want to keep them. I think they've got something. If they can pair up, they can be a really special duo um, at the forward spot. I think Jalen Brown can even play the two guard um, if he wants to. Um, I, I wouldn't give that up. That's my point of view. And Avery Bradley, by the way, how is it possible he's not in an all defensive team? Oh, it's how hor- is that it's, possible? It's horrendous. And you know what's funny is ESPN have these articles today um, 
and it doesn't matter either way if they're defending him or not. The, the point I make here is that they have these graphs in the articles and all yeah. the numbers, defensive rating, uh, points against while on the floor. Avery Bradley was bottom of the four other players above him that were voted in. But I'm just going to watch the games and, and you tell me whether Avery Bradley should be in there or not. Thank you. Thank you. The eye test that uh, works most of the time. Indeed, it does. Um, so, you don't know. You don't. You, I'll say you. You said the Lakers, right? So, what's what's the trade here? Do the Lakers? Because um, the Lakers have to do something. They have to be worried a little bit that mm. George stays somewhere. So, who? Yeah. Who are they giving up here? Uh, they have to be worried. But the thing is, um, Paul George agency, agency is the same agency as Carmelo Anthony's, and the agency doesn't want to make the same mistake they did. They made with Melo back in the days when they traded him from Denver to New York, giving up all the assets he needed to do something well uh, with the Knicks. Um, so that's an important aspect. He, Paul George doesn't want to lose. He wants to win. He wants to compete. Um, he can do that in Boston. He can't do that yet in L.A. So that's the thing. I think he just wants to go as a free agent. And that's his desire. But uh, being the Pacers, what, what was the offer they got? Was it... Um, Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson, and picks twenty-seven and yeah, 28, 28. I think and and they they got. And would you? Uh, okay, there's my next question. Would you rather do that deal, or would you rather have Kevin Love? No. When I'm if I'm the Lakers. No, if you're the Lakers to the Pacers, right? You're offering Randle, oh, Clarkson, like the picks, <laughs> or Cleveland are offering Indiana Kevin Love. What do you do? If I have to choose between between those two, I go for the young guys. Even though I don't like Jordan Clarkson. Oh, I Clarkson's don't, bad. I don't like... Yeah, I don't think I he's don't a think, player. I, I would still go Kevin Love at this point because, uh, you know, Indiana... I don't think Indiana are going to see a good deal out of any, any of these. Yeah, I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking because what, what's Randall? You don't know. He's putting an effort in once every three games and picks yeah. 27 and 28 are late picks. You could get a surprise out of that, but that's not a guarantee. Um, Kevin Love, still a tw- top 25 player. Still a good offensive player still a great rebounder um but the thing is if indiana trades paul george they want to rebuild if you get kevin love you, yeah. you're not really rebuilding but if you get picks 27 and 28 just two bad offers actually i agree indiana. kevin love just does two y- bad offers yeah kevin love does yoga but he's got some gray hair now so that's not the move the paces want to do again another question about the finals you Around Kevin Love, he's in this situation now. If he does come back to Cleveland, he, he knows what's been talked about. Denver, you know, the whole Kenneth Fareed three-team trade talks and, you know, would he go to Indiana? As a player, did you feel, did you sense that he was uncomfortable and didn't, still didn't feel at home or was there just no way of telling me that? Uh, that's difficult to tell because um, when you get, we are allowed to practice, you're allowed to witness the first 30 minutes so they, they just warm up or the last 30 minutes where they're, when they're doing the, some drills, some exercises... Um, you see them talking, but you, you don't know what they're saying, obviously, so you don't know what to make of that. Um, on the field, uh, I was there for games four and five, so in game four, he was um, on, on ease. He uh, felt comfortable in the team. I think you could see that if you score 86 points in one half. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't difficult, and he was really he was shooting it well. He was, his release was awesome in that game. Just how he caught the ball and went straight away up every time he got in the corner for a three. Um, it was one one phase, I think the end of the first quarter, when he got a, got a ball, and Thomas straight away told me, that's him. Even before he went up, because the, by the way, he caught the ball, and 
that says something about how comfortable a player is in his team. But in game five, it was an, a whole other story. But they still don't use Kevin Love the way Kevin, use, uh, Kevin Love has to be used. Um, we know what he can be, but I'm still wondering, is he really the good player, the all-star we saw in Minnesota, or was he really a good stats, bad team player? Well, I think now that he's got his championship, and yes, you can go to the finals for the next few seasons, but if he gets out of Cleveland and he goes and proves again, because there are doubters out there that he can be a number one or number Mm. two guy, get back to the high numbers, he might not be contending every year, but I think there's something to be said about that. For Kevin Love's legacy, he's got the title, he's got the numbers in Minnesota. If he can again prove in his third part of his career that he's still got it. Don't forget the stop. Don't forget the stop. Yeah, he stopped. He stopped Stephen Curry in uh, Game Seven last season. Yeah, right? a lot of people keep talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he proved this year more important than that that he can st- he can stay on the floor against the Warriors. It, it wasn't it wasn't as if he was it, he wasn't in the way like he felt like he was last year. Um, hey, can we just say before we move on? Can we stop with the Carmelo Anthony to to Cleveland, please? Like, first of all. <laughs> The ball is in his court here. He wants to stay in New York. He's got a no-trade clause. And we're going to get on to Phil Jackson, our best friend. And he was the man who gave him the no-trade clause when he didn't need to. But does anyone out there honestly think that Carmelo Anthony is a good fit for Cleveland and will make them better? No, he will not. If he comes off the bench, fine. If Dwayne Wade was to go there and came off the bench, great. But if they're going to go to Cleveland and start, that does not make them any closer to the Warriors. It does not... If you ask Carmelo Anthony to guard... Kevin Durant or guard Draymond Green good luck with that and if you ask him to pass the ball good luck with that so can we just please stop that I mean do you, th- do you think there's any chance Melo ends up in Cleveland or, or, or Dwayne Wade as well it depends on who's going to be the new GM in uh, Cleveland LeBron James <laughs> don't, underestimate what, don't, don't underestimate what David Griffin did he, uh, he did a great oh, job I know. For, for the team for the team uh, but yeah Chauncey Billups if he becomes the GM, he was the one talking um, about the Mellow trade in February. Um, Mellow for love, how much better it would make um, the Cavaliers. He was talking about it in the jump, uh, I think. So he really loved the Mellow to Cleveland thing. So who knows? Who oh. knows? But I don't, I don't think... I don't think <laughs> but, yeah, Conspiracy but, but Mello, theory. But like, yeah, but like you said, Mellow, um, he decides his own destiny. He's got the no-trade clause. Way to go, Phil, to give him that. Um, but, let's just give him a hand let's just give Phil Jackson yeah. a hand for all the work he's done this summer so far thank you Phil it was <laughs> I, I loved I loved Phil Jackson for real he was the coach of my Bulls six championships in eight years oh he was so cool back then if Phil Jackson uh, was the Bulls president now you would not be saying my Bulls you'd be saying those Bulls because he is <laughs> well they'd be Bulls actually that's good isn't it because Phil Jackson is an absolute mess like Oh. The, so we've begun listening to offers for KP, uh, Chris Tapps Porzingis, for those who don't know him personally. And before Don't the, listen. <laughs> just don't, don't listen. Don't listen, man. Bef- Never. He, he's got this exit interview in his head and uh, he's got this control freakness about him where I, I really think, and I, I, I think there's a lot of people who think this too, that Nilinkina came in at the number eight spot because, first of all, they were running people, they were running draft w- prospects through the triangle in workouts. <laughs> and I think Jackson also believes he can control Nilinkina. Paul Zingis is your best player. He's 21 years of age. He's a unicorn for a reason. Dennis, why are they doing this? Why is he doing I this? Don't, I don't know. Complete lunacy. 
Maybe you went to he lived to, he lived in California for too long, too uh, too many reefers. Oh, is that marijuana um, again? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Uh, Zen master, the Zen ways can go, uh, yeah, crazy, <laughs> crazy directions. But I don't know what is he doing. Is, is it something about Porzingis' health? Maybe isn't he healthy enough? They have a problem with knees, feet. That would be an excuse I could accept. <laughs> but then another team isn't going to to get him because they want a healthy player, of course. Um, but I, I don't get it. Why? Hang on, he, for a team that for a team that bought in Joachim Noah, they clearly no. don't know anything about their players' health. So pausing, we can yeah, rule that sure. one out. This is a guy who's twenty-one years old, who's seven foot three, and who moves <laughs> like a forward of six eight. I think he can shoot the three, he can protect the paint, he can do it all actually. And season, he had more points per game than Lamarcus Aldridge, more blocks per game than DeAndre Jordan. He had a better three-point percentage than J.R. Smith, and he had more dunks than Blake Griffin. Hammer down, Dennis Syatt. Yeah, come on. That wow! Did yeah. you have that prepared for us, or was that off the top of your head? That was that was a. I, I, ta- I talked about a podcast. <laughs> I had a podcast with my brother last week, um, and he's a big Porzingis fan, so we talked about that. So that's why I remember. If if you start a sentence with "as much as we love this guy, we have to do what's best for the club," that's not a good sign. And Jackson is speaking to the in-house media. That's nice and easy for him, isn't it? Isn't the point of a rebuild to acquire guys exactly like Kristaps Porzingis? And according to Ian Begley of ESPN, who tweeted this when it all started to happen, Knicks haven't had any contact with him since the exit meeting. That's bad. Jackson said he's texted him, but, you know, texting a guy in Latvia... Call him. Call him. Fly over call there. Call his brother. Call his agent. Call his mother. Call his father. Call everybody. Call whole Latvia. <laughs> Jack- He's seven for three. Somebody <laughs> will see him. Yeah. <laughs> you can find him. And Jackson's, yes. Jackson's got the exit door as well. He can have the exit seat if he wants it. <laughs> yes, he can. He's got his own plane, probably. Uh, Jackson Airways. I don't want to go on that. Um, hey, I, I read a great, great tweet. Um, the dilemma for Phil Jackson. What if Jeannie Buss called him and said, trade me Chris Asperzingas and we will get back, to get back together? <laughs> oh, deal done. <laughs> yes. Yes, of course. That's why he's doing that. Uh, no, but yeah. But what? what yeah. Hey. I, I like uh, Tilikina, by the way. Um, the French guy, Dirty Frank. I, I like his game. Dirty he's, Frank. He's filthy. It's yeah. filthy for real. I can't give you a. I cannot give you a um, an argument on that one. I've not seen the guy play, and you know it's funny though. They've had this. They've got this uh, this rep now for uh, drafting international players. And last when they did Porzingis, there was booze raining down. And then Nilinkina comes in. The Knicks fans are like, "Yeah, great pick." Another guy we can't pronounce his name, <laughs> but great pick. Um, one thing on this as well. If it, even if you don't trade Porzingis. So uh, if I'm him right now, I don't want, I don't want to play for the Knicks. So any if I can if I get out of there, fine. But you completely alienate your fans. This is a team who have one playoff series victory since the turn of the century, and these guys are paying good money only to watch Kristaps Porzingis. I don't care about Melo mm-hmm. anymore. They've seen Carmelo. They've seen what he can do. They're coming to watch Porzingis, and you also made your bed by giving Melo this no trade clause. So. Jackson all season spent trying to get rid of Anthony, tweeting about him. He's now doing the same thing to his best young player. 
Uh, it just makes no sense. And it's almost like he's, he's saying to... He might have been saying to Jeannie Buss when they were together, you know, hey, Jeannie, today, you know, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to try and get fired and they won't fire me. <laughs> and he's been doing that every single day. How close can I get to being fired without getting fired? I want to see a sitcom uh, about Phil Jackson and I want Phil Jackson played by um, John Cleese. Oh, Is gosh. That possible? Thank you. I, thought, I, I think that will work. That would be amazing. Don't mention the war, but that would be amazing if, <laughs> if, if John Cleese could play Phil Jack. They're kind of similar as well. They kind of yeah, they they look similar. Gangly, awkward, tall. Uh, I don't oh, think that, Jackson's that much of a so joker, good. though. That would be so good. Um, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. If, if you see what Jackson is doing, it's very funny. Yeah, it's funny for us. <laughs> poor, the poor Latvian. Or, uh, uh, the, poor, the poor Knicks fans don't uh, underestimate that. New York is a great city. Madison Square Garden is an awesome arena. Um, they deserve something. They love basketball. They're true fans. Knicks fans are loyal. They're really, really loyal everywhere around the world. A lot of my friends are Knicks fans, actually. They have to be loyal. They've still got Ron Baker. Come on. <laughs> Ron Burgundy. Yes. <laughs> Ron Burgundy and John Cleese. What a, what a team. <laughs> Um, oh yes, get Will Ferrell in there too. He can he can be uh, James <laughs> Dolan. He can play James Dolan. Oh no, no one wants to play James Dolan. <laughs> no one wants to play Jalen because the, the guy who plays James Dolan has to fight against the guy who looks like Charles Oakley, and I don't want to do that. So, <laughs> um, hey, who is your favorite draft pick out of the lot? Oof, that's a hard question. I've, Malik Monkley, Charlotte. That's a steal. That's a huge deal and it's a chance to do something about Kemba Walker and to move away from that um, angle the franchise is going. I think that's a great pick for uh, for, for the Hornets. Um, it's a loss. He didn't go to Sacramento at 10 before they traded down um, with Portland. Imagine that. De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk back together. Just staying on that because they, they seem to have their point guard of the future, De'Aaron Fox. A very quick, awesome speed, point guard of the future, as I said. But they had that 10th pick. They traded it for the 15th and 20th. And this is a top, this is a 10 player draft. So just get Monk. Just, just, get, get, just get Malik Monk. Monk. Tell me the Kings were doing so well. And then they, <laughs> again, they didn't surprise us. No, they did. But imagine that, a team with Yaron Fox at one, Malik Monk at the two, and Buddy Heald at the three. Kentu- That's nice. Yeah, and a Kentucky pair as well. If, yeah. I, think- I, I, would, watch, I would, would watch a lot of Kings games next season if that was a, that was a pairing. And now you've now you got Yaron Fox, Harry Giles, who was the number one high school player. Uh, did you just say Harry team. Styles? Harry Giles. I like thought you said that. Harry Styles. No, I didn't say Styles, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's moved to basketball. What, what can't the man do? <laughs> he can do it all uh, no Harry Giles I was saying he had the number one high school player before he blew up his knee and then did it again two times an ACL injury um, and who was the, th- the third guy they drafted was that again oh man you're asking the wrong guy because they if you, if you look, it up, look it up yeah. that's bad that's bad we don't know that it is bad we don't know that If I think what I was going to say as well the, the show reels if you watch any player in the draft, they always look amazing. But Malik Monk, genuinely, if you look at his showreel and his highlights from his first year, incredible athleticism, incredible scorer. He should have gone way great higher shooter, than he great did. Great shooter. Great shooter, too. Um, that's a wasted opportunity. Ah, they got Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson. There you go. Yeah, who's, who's not going to be a good NBA player? Well, we've already talked... I'm, I'm a UNC fan, so... 
It's it's funny because we Dallas seems to think they've got their guy as well. Dennis Smith Jr., crafty scorer off the dribble, ACC freshman he, of the year, explosive good, athlete. He's yeah, he's going to be good. And you have to think about post Dirk Nowitzki era. You know, he knows Harrison Barnes. Yogi's there to help him out. Um, like I said, average 18 points in his in his rookie year in, in North Carolina State. So that was an interesting pick as well, I thought. Uh, I also love how the Spurs selected Derek White, number 29, out of Colorado. Great story, by the way. This guy played three years in Division Two, barely had a scholarship offer. But suddenly you're hearing all the talk of, ah, the Spurs have done it again. They've, they've, they've gone and done it again. They were trying to... Every time, you know, every time. Every time, but we don't know yet. Um, no, we're not Skip Bayless. We're not Skip Bayless. We're not going to say this guy's the next Tony Parker, are we? No, we're not. Definitely not. I hope not. Uh, did you watch the NBA Awards show last night? Yes, I did. I oh watched my tonight, the whole show, uh, the whole thing. You are, I even watched you are some crazy. Nicki Minaj. My girlfriend watched it with me, actually. <laughs> uh, does she like Drake or does she just like the NBA? No, no, she doesn't like Drake. She hates his music. She doesn't 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 think um, he's a real rapper. He, she doesn't like his lyrics and doesn't like his beats. So, she, so uh, she's a, a Drake hater. <laughs> she's a Drake hater. Well, he's not a very good host either because he um, he kept cracking these awkward jokes as if he was going for the comedian line of, you know, Draymond Green, he's got a podcast and it's not very good. And he waited for all the laughter. It didn't come. But uh, I thought it was just a weird setup. Good that it was not on a Saturday like the NFL do. It had a lot of attention on social media. But it was so... My problem with it was it was so late after the regular season that such an anti-climax. It was almost like we had to see the Russell Westbrook uh, highlights when he won the MVP just so we could remember how good he was this season. Yeah, and I don't like it when the draft is over. The draft is the starting of a new season. And then you go back with an award show to last season. That doesn't doesn't match for me. Um, I, I just like the old way. I like the players um, getting their awards um, at a conference, at a, at a press conference. Um, I like the way they did it. I like the way they could show off the awards um, before a game if they were still playing in the playoffs. And this was like, yeah, this was like the Oscars for basketball, right? The Academy Awards. Uh, that was what they were trying to do. Um, but then you see a show and Stephen Curry's not there, LeBron James isn't there, no mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving, no Kevin Durant, um, no Clay Thompson. The most important players of the NBA, no Anthony Davis, no DeMarcus Cousins. A lot of, of important players were missing. And that's a pity for a show like that, don't you, don't you think? I agree. And also the choice of awards, the new you know fashion. And I just, just come on, just, just stop, <laughs> please. Like, best teammate. No one cares. No, no one. I like cares. the story. I like. I like the story though. The the Twyman Stokes Award. That's a beautiful story. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's true. It's true. Uh, the story is beautiful, but the award. How do you measure that? Who's, who the best teammate is? I well, I do like the fact that Nowitzki got the award, and he said, "I don't know why yeah, I won this because I'm, I'm a terrible teammate." But um, we we had another question on Twitter, and surprise, surprise, it wasn't from the UK. It was from Hans van Avant, and again. Correct, correct, correct my pronunciation if you will um, he said should the Clippers go all in to keep their core or should they start to rebuild now I was going to ask you about the Clippers what do you think is going to happen to the big three um, I hope they do th- do something about Blake Griffin because I'm worried about him I think he's the next Mari Stoudemire um, really explosive in the beginning of his career um, really entertaining uh, developed a, a mid-range jumper then tried to go go to the three-point line had his knee problems again and again 
Only difference is Blake, uh, Blake Griffin uh, broke his hand on somebody's face. That thing Amari didn't do. Um, but they have to do something. I think I would be exploring a trade involving Blake Griffin. Um, I would, you have to keep Chris Paul. You have to keep Paul. Um, I don't. I would be surprised if Paul leaves. What is it? Fifty million, seventy million dollars on the table. That's a lot of money. Um, so I don't think he's going to do that. I think they will keep Chris Paul um, and DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. DeAndre is what DeAndre is. You know what you get um, from him. Blocks, rebounds, um, alley-oops, and that's it. You can't use him at the end of the game uh, because if he goes to the free throw line, you got a big problem. Um, but how can you rebuild? Because um, you're already close to the, to the cap. Steve Ballmer can pay uh, for the tax. He's got a, what is it? I think he's got 30 to $35 billion. So, yeah, he can afford the tax for 20 or 25 years if he, if he wants to. But who do you get? That's the question. Who do you get if you're the Clippers? It isn't that easy. Well, they got Jerry Even West. You're in LA. They got Jerry West. Yeah, That's they got, a yeah, nice, got Jerry West. A nice addition. And I heard him talking on Dan Patrick's show about the Lakers when he was still officially with the Warriors. And it just seemed there's a sadness every time he answers a question about it, as if to say, it just feels like he should end his career with the Lakers. And he's done it as a player. He's done it as a coach. He should go there. He's done it as a GM. He should go there in the front office and round off. But So it's a strange feeling, him going to the Clippers. But he's he's really praised Steve Ballmer as an owner. Uh, I think they want to get younger. So let's see. Great comparison, by the way, with Griffin and Stadamire. Uh, I think that's, that's very on point. Um, wrapping up here... Uh, is there anything that you want to talk about? Carl Larry, the Cavs, the Rockets, Chauncey Billups. Is there anything that you know? The cap has gone down to ninety nine million as well. There's going to be there's going to be some busy uh, some busy news in the next few weeks. I think with free agency. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and I think Utah is in a dangerous spot. Uh, obviously, um, they can lose Gordon Hayward, especially when you think about their roster. Um, Rodney Hood. Good player, I think. Um, Injury-prone. A lot of injuries. George Hill, a lot of injuries. Derek Favors can't stay healthy. Um, so that doesn't look that good for for them and for Gordon Hayward's future. So that's why I, re- I really see him leaving. And I want, I want to see him go to Boston. But don't underestimate, underestimate Miami. We haven't talked about the Heat yep. and their culture there. Um, a lot of people are looking up to what they did last season at, uh, in the second half of the season. What was it? 30-11, and 11, I think. Um, to close out, just missed out on the playoffs, really, yeah. And and yeah, don't don't yeah. don't dare I say it. Dwayne Wade might be going back there as well. You never know. You never know uh, if he gets the buyout. But Chicago um, communicated today that they weren't going to do that. And also, Michael Carter Williams is gone. Yes. Oh, <laughs> he is, yes, he isn't on the team anymore. Great news. Bye bye. Because I mentioned bye. I mentioned him at the top, so that's good. Uh, I think Houston's an intriguing one as we go into the summer because. They're, the path they're taking is surprised a few people. Ryan Anderson and Lou Williams, you know, I think they're perfect for the way that team plays. I understand that you want to upgrade those positions, but the way their systems run, the effect they had this last season, and Patrick Beverly too. So he's on a great contract. He's a good player. I, I think mm. there's intrigue from Chris Paul on his side of things. Does he want to go and play for the Rockets? But you know, Chris Paul is one of the greatest mid-range shooters we've ever seen. But Mike D'Antoni, that would no, that would match. That would match, match because Paul, no, Paul wants the ball in his hands, and that's what James Harden does. So I don't, I don't, I hope that that's not going to happen. That wouldn't match. Uh, but what they, we have to talk about, actually, yes, uh, what we didn't talk about, the top two picks and their teams, Markel Fultz and the Sixers and Lonzo Ball and the Lakers. We have to discuss that a little bit because 
the process in <laughs> Philadelphia, well, the process is has long gone since Colangelo took over, right? Well, the process, the, whole- the process has well, Joel Embiid carries the process as a, as a tool on social media now, but the actual idea of it is gone because. Yeah, you you didn't have the you didn't have the number one pick. People are going to forget this. You didn't have the number one pick. You didn't have Markel Fultz until you made the trade. Uh, you were drafting big men when the league was going small. You know, Nerlens Noel. You Noel's gave away gone. No, Noel. Okafor's yes. terrible nothing. injuries. For nothing. Embiid thirty odd games in two in three seasons. Simmons didn't play his rookie year. I am, I am with the 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 greater. I think I hope to say here where. I want to see all of them healthy. I want to see Fultz, Saric, Simmons, and B together, and that could mm-hmm. be a very exciting team. But I just... aren't, you, aren't you worried? Aren't you worried about the team, even if they're healthy, uh, because they've got Ben Simmons' first pick last last year. They got Marco Fultz' first pick this season. Um, I think if you look at their potential, it can be beautiful. I would put Simmons at the point guard position, by the way, and um, shift Fultz to the two. Uh, I think that will work perfectly. But they both didn't win in college. Simmons didn't win with LSU. And nope. Fultz, yeah. Fultz he had won nine, nine games. Yeah. Nine. It doesn't worry That's me bad. too much. I know it's really hard to mm. not make the NCAA tournament, and it's even harder to you know, win nine games. But uh, the, the one issue I do have, and you brought it up there, is because they've drafted in such a way... And it's been zigzag constantly. There's been—I don't think there's been a really, really a plan, and they weren't nailing on these players the whole time. It just seems like a bit—it's a bit random, and they—it's going to need time. It's going to need a lot of luck, a lot of health. They don't have that. Yeah. They've never had that. So, in that respect, I—I'm uh, not. It's not a sure thing. For, and I, I think Fultz should pay the point. I think Simon Simmons should be your your Draymond Green on acid. He—you he, know—he's—he's he's got to be everywhere. Embiid's exciting if he can get healthy, uh, but I I still think this is just we're gonna have to wait and see on it. We're gonna have to wait and see because Fultz, he is slight. He didn't win in college, and he is only nineteen, right? So you, you, you think you think you really think Simmons should be a Draymond Green type of player? He's a great passer. He has got great ball handling. I see him as a poor man's version of LeBron, a really poor man's version because he he's not gonna have that impact uh, that LeBron has. Um, in the beginning of his career, I don't. I, I see. I think well, Draymond Green, great passer, great instincts, and and the, the fact that they have so many playmakers on this team already. I don't know if Simmons is the guy anymore. I think M- this is Embiid's team. Fultz comes in, and Simmons yeah. anymore. He hasn't played a game yet for the team. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, exactly. So it still has to become his team. Exactly. Um, so they do need a veteran, by the way. They do need need some players to show them how. Uh, and that's the whole Carl Lowry thing, right? The the drafting of Fultz has has shaken that up completely. They they could have done with Carl Lowry, a, a, a Carl Lowry esque player, I think. Maybe, maybe I don't know about the the way he plays, but they they could use some experience in the team, especially in the locker room. I think. Um, so, Alonso, what do you think about him? I like the pick. <laughs> kind of expected. Uh, Lavar Ball says he's going to make. His son's going to lead the team to the playoffs, hey, and and he talked it you know, into existence. He just, did. He yes, of course he did. Uh, it, it had nothing to do with the fact that Ball was a good player, and you know now now we're actually hearing from Luke Walton. Now we're actually hearing from the Lakers officials because they they're asked the questions because Lonzo is officially a Laker. They have to answer them, and, and Luke has said there will be a target on his back. But I answered this question yesterday on a show. I said, look, 
Lonzo's got a target on his back, but so has every rookie that's ever gone into this league. And it, for me, it doesn't concern yeah. doesn't concern me the trash but, talk any any of that. For me, it's it's the fact that Lonzo has the keys to the car, and he's got to take a Lakers team who have been bad for a while now. I think Lonzo can handle it, but his target is bigger than the target of uh, the targets of the other rookies. The veterans want to get what, at him. What is this target though? I don't really understand that. Like, how are you going to play differently? I don't. I don't see it. After a few if, games, if you, if you make, if you make, you know how it goes. You, you you play yourself. If you make a hard foul, you just make it a little harder. Of course, if he if he proves his worth though, and he plays as he did in college, so you think he is a a Jason kid. He can he can have that kind of career. Yes, I think so. I think so. He's six six. We we, we all forget that he's tall. Mm. He's as tall as Michael Jordan is. He's six foot six, and he's, he's a good athlete. Yeah, he's got a strange-looking shot, but it goes in 41% from three last season. And a lot of those deep, like jacking deep threes. Step back threes, he's got that quirky step back. He's got some nice handles. He can go through the hoop, um, and he's caught fishing. That's beautiful. The only thing um, I didn't like, and I saw some of his games last season, um, but the game against Kentucky, I think it was Elite Eight, or was it the Sweet 16, um, when De'Aaron Fox totally outplayed him he showed no effort and that's something i don't like in a player he can be a little bit lackluster sometimes i agree um but what the lakers did do though obviously we didn't mention this but they shedded mozgov's contract d'angelo russell yes. brooke lopez yes he's 29 years of age and yes he was mr net but he he expanded his three-point game last year he's still a very good player you get him for one year so you have salary dumped to the ninth degree, you're going to have cap space. Six, you're going to have uh, 60 million or so next year. You, we know what they're doing. So within that trade, they got four picks in the first round. They brought in Lopez. They got salary relief, and LeBron and Paul George are coming through. Hopefully, Lonzo Ball. If he has, a, it's a big season for him in that respect too, because he has to show those free agents, prospective free agents, that coming to the Lakers again with Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka is mm-hmm. is what it used to be. And they got Josh Hart too with yeah. their 30th pick. That's a that's a good pick from Nova and Carl Kuzma as well. They they actually did all right at the bottom of the round. Yeah, they did. Lake is going to be fun to watch. Uh, I'm going to enjoy that. <laughs> they aren't. They are yeah, now. They I, are now. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a Lakers fan, but I like the way they played in the beginning of last season. Um, I like what what uh, Luke Walton is trying to do, and I think Lonzo is going to be great for them. I, I really do. I'm I am as intrigued though to see how Luke Walton and Levar Ball coexist because I know Lavar's not inside the team inside the <laughs> building but Luke Walton you cannot find any man up more opposite than Lavar Ball and he's going to he's going to yeah, get he's going to get questions all season if he keeps talking yeah, but he knows how it is he's Bill Walton's son yeah <laughs> Bill true. Walton was outspoken he's a tree hugger um, he loves <laughs> uh, the grateful dead he um, he doesn't do it like Lavar Ball though no but he's strange too he once changed his shirt on live tv yeah he he's a so, he is a weird guy, and if you, if you ever hear Bill yeah. Walton on a show, the interviewer will have about two questions in an hour. The guy yeah, that's does true. not stop; it keeps on going. <laughs> but I don't think they they're gonna have have problems with uh, Lavar Ball because he has to look out for his youngest son, um, who's still who is going to become oh, a God. junior in high school. We've got two more Lamello. coming. No, Leangelo, the middle one who's going to UCLA, he's not gonna make the NBA. Oh yeah, he's but we, we've still got to hear about them for the next three years. <laughs> He, you know, he was on what was it, WWE um, last night. LeVar Ball, you got to look it up on YouTube. It's horrible. Oh, man. He, he, took up, he, he even took off his shirt. It's that bad. Oh, God. I, I wish it wasn't uh, 
you know, stunts. If Levar Ball goes into the ring, he deserves to be taken on properly. That's yeah, all. We're I'm still say. hoping that that um, Leangelo, the middle one, isn't that good, so we can come play in Belgium for the Anthem Giants and so. And then we get Levar in stage um, in the stands right here. That would be great. It's like the Kardashians, honestly. And can you <laughs> can you believe it? Hey, he's gonna get he's gonna get a reality show. <laughs> he is. He is. All, you're gonna have yes. you're gonna have all all three balls playing for the Lakers in a big mansion in Malibu. Levar's gonna be standing <laughs> guard outside the door, and it's gonna be prime. Prime TV. And also, LeVar Ball's middle name, Anderson. So he's L.A. Ball. You can't make this oh, stuff no, up. no, no. Is he? No. Yes. Lonzo Ball is L.A. Ball. <laughs> he's, got to, he's got to get that. I got, didn't know that. Oh, I'm glad I could tell you that. Because he is... If, if they haven't marketed that yet, they're going to. That's the best thing I've heard all day. <laughs> wow. You've had a great day then. <laughs> Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> LA ball, wow. I know, it's crazy. Yeah. LA are balling with Lonzo. Oh, gosh. Yes, big baller brand. Yeah, well, let's go and buy some sneakers for $500. Uh, this, has been, <laughs> this has been fun, and I hope the NBA quiets down a little bit because sanity needs to prevail at some point this summer. Yes, a little bit, a little bit before it all starts again. What, what, are, you, what are you up to this summer before we let you go? What's, what's Dennis's big plan? I don't have many plans. I'm going to a festival this weekend, Rockwerchter. That's a, it's a famous festival. It's been a, a, the best festival in the world for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. Um, so that's really good. Um, four days, that's going to break me a little bit, I think. I'm, too, I'm getting too old for that. For every beverage, have a water, okay? Every alcoholic <laughs> beverage, have a water. Oh, I can't promise that. <laughs> I can't drink that many. I can't drink that many waters. That's, that's, <laughs> oh, that's just man. not possible. Levar too. <laughs> that's just not possible. <laughs> you are the Levar ball no. of the festival scene. Oh no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> that's going to be good. And then maybe I'm going to I'm going to a city trip with my brother and some friends. And uh, the end of August, I'm going to uh, Ibiza with my girlfriend. Normally, um, wow. but then I'll be working again because. Belgian football starts uh, in the in the last weekend of July already. That is that's very. First, that's pre-season. Yeah. That's very early. That's first, first first competition game in our, our uh, pro league starts um, the twenty eighth of July, and there's an Antwerp team that's back in the first division after thirteen years um, called Antwerp. <laughs> Not that original. But <laughs> hey, it's, that's it's, uh, it's, that's yeah, news. That's news to me. It's the, fir- the first club that was, was, was ever um, founded in Belgium and they're back at the highest level. So uh, I have to go with there and, um, and do something about that. But until then, I've got time in my hands. And hey. We'll be watching a lot, of, a lot of old basketball games. I like to do that <laughs> in the summer. You're going to go back on YouTube. Um, late July is, cu- is when all the Europa League teams that need to qualify start playing. Yes. So that's, that's bad news. Are you coming to London, by the way? I'm I'm coming to London. I don't know when yet. You have to figure that out. Um, I want want to find the cheapest uh, Eurostar tickets. <laughs> yes, do that because uh, we. I think how how do, we we're going to have a live we're going to have a live well, not a live podcast. We're going to do it live together. Uh, yes, which, which we, will are. Be fun. we are. Um, and how, how many bets are we through now? And have I lost both of them? I don't know yet. We have. To, uh, the last one, nobody won. No, nobody, nobody won because Porzingis is still in New York and Paul George is still in Indiana. So, and I can't remember what the the one before that was. We have to re-listen. <laughs> I think it was the 2016 finals, and I think you definitely won that one. So I, I, 
you did tweet me saying you I owe you drinks. So yeah, that's I remember that you owe me drinks. I, I remember that. Okay, so, uh, I'll take you up on that um, during the podcast, for example. That would be fun. During the podcast, I would like to specify. I would like to state, however, that you didn't specify which drink it was. So <laughs> it might be tap water from the uh, the studio. <laughs> Let's let's just see if you're lucky. You might have had enough by the fe- by the time the festival finishes. You might have had enough booze already. Maybe, maybe I have to uh, have to get used to normal life again. Well, uh, enjoy, and uh, we'll see you soon. Until until our London show, I'm sure there'll be something else to talk about. But it's uh, g- give the listeners your. Uh, I've waited till the lo- the end of this show when no one's listening for you to tell them <laughs> your uh, your Twitter handle. Uh, it's at. DN, DNXO9. So DNX09. That's my uh, my uh, Twitter handle, and um, we'll have something to talk about. I wanna I wanna do so, some things about uh, the whole, and to finally uh, close it out. The whole Michael Jordan didn't play enough Hall of Famers in his playoff career thing. Want to do do something about that and uh, go through who he played against and which teams he he knocked out forever. And there were a lot of good teams. Yeah. Um, we can go through every we, we, single... We forget that. We forget that. We're always talking about what LeBron did and he finished the Pistons and he finished this and he finished that. Don't forget what Michael Jordan did with a lot of good teams. Yeah, I mean, he passed the ball to Steve Kerr who hit the winner. You know, he hit, he passed the ball to a lot of players who hit big shots. I mean, I, I, yes. if, if you want to go through every game of Michael Jordan's career, it's going to be a long stay in London. <laughs> I'm happy to do it for you. We'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll go to, through some uh, some series and just uh, look at some uh, of his uh, adversaries, some of his uh, teams. He uh, he really broke. Absolutely, absolutely. And I want to talk about the '92 Dream Team at some point as well. Um, thank you very much for your time, and uh, I will speak to you soon. Thank you, my man. Thank you. Thanks to Dennis. Great listen as always from him. So knowledgeable about the game of basketball and European football. If you're interested in, give him a follow on Twitter. I'm at Max underscore Whittle. Thank you for listening to the US Sports Podcast. And if you like what you heard, please, 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 I'm not begging you, but I am, go on to iTunes, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and leave me a review and rate the show. It really does help to spread the word and to bring you more shows so I can, you know, work a little bit harder to get more shows out for you on the US Sports Podcast. So thanks for listening. And until next time, enjoy the games you're watching. Hold up. 